This episode is brought to you by No Meat Athletes Complement Protein. Complement Protein is made with just five real food ingredients and no additives, fillers, or sweeteners. It was designed to be strong enough to fuel our training and clean enough for our kids. Learn more at lovecomplement.com. That's compliment with an E, not an I. And use code NOMEAT for $10 off your first order. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Bioptimizers and their P3OM, a patented high-end probiotic designed to push out the bad guys. Go to bioptimizers.com slash nomeat and use code nomeat for 10% off. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Doug, I've got some exciting news to share that longtime listeners will uh, get a kick out of, I think. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's the best kind of news. What, what is it? It is. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's good news or not. It's, it's fun news. Uh, remember the, the saga with the cursed ring, the, uh, <laughs> the aura ring? Yes, that I, not the uh, not the Lord of the Rings. That not Lord of the Rings. Ring. I don't I don't watch. That. I don't deal in things like that. <laughs> but I assume there's some sort of cursed ring there. Isn't that a different? Isn't there a movie called The Ring that has a cursed ring? Oh yeah, that's something different too. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you don't you're not an L O T R fan either, are you? I mean, isn't I don't know. Maybe maybe I I don't. It's been a long time since I've watched the movies. And I've never read the books. But isn't it like cursed unless you're the right person? Is with there? It? I don't know. I, I don't. I haven't read them. Or maybe oh maybe it's maybe it's the opposite actually. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, anyway. Yeah, the, 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 the ring is cursed. That, the sleep ring. The yes, the sleep right. tagging me. So it the, the sleep ring that caused you not to sleep. Right. right? It, it just, I mean, more than that. It destroyed my life for two or three months when I <laughs> got addicted to the Tata. I would wake up every morning, look at my sleep, see some terrible number, be depressed and ti- more tired. As re- even if I was fine, even if I felt fine, I would see the sleep number was like fifty out of a hundred, and. Then, then my day would be bad, and I would think I was tired, and then I'd try some new wacky idea the next <laughs> night, and then and I would, and it was like sort of scientific. I was writing down what I was doing, but it was, there was no rhyme or reason to my method. I was just trying different things, uh, and I eventually got rid of the ring. I, I didn't mm-hmm. throw it off a cliff or into the ocean or something, but I should have. Uh, but I <laughs> sent it back to my mom, who had let me let me borrow it. Uh, well, anyway, I'm back in it. Back but, in the but, game. But just like in Lord of the Rings, it was like calling you, right? <laughs> yeah, you were like, call me back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I obviously didn't didn't destroy it enough. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so, so, you, so you're back. You're back with the ring. I'm I'm back for several reasons. I got so I got uh, actually our friend Matt Tolman, our our colleague Matt Tolman, got me a birthday gift. He got me a uh, a subscription to Masterclass. You know that program online the yeah. online learning thing yeah uh, so i've been fooling around with there looking lots of lots of things but they have a sleep course there um by i think his name is matthew walker he was on joe rogan and several things like that uh so i was watching that and i was just thinking about sleep and just i one of the things i wanted to do as a at the beginning of the year was just get healthier i knew i wanted to be healthier because last year for oh, pretty much everybody was not that healthy of a year uh and i turned 40 and i was like you know i'm just gonna i want to I wanted it to be so that when I turned 50, I love how my health is. So I just wanted to kind of begin that way. And I thought mm-hmm. sleep, super important thing for me. It's like it's, it's something that always gives me trouble um, for a long time, probably 20 years. And I've just never slept that great. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to be a little more controlled and mindful about how I'm using the data. But uh, I do want to try to figure that out because the deep the problem was I was not getting enough deep sleep. That was always the concern. You're supposed to get like, I don't know, an hour to an hour and a half per night. And I would get 
like nine minutes a lot of nights or 21 minutes and i would look at the graph and i'd go into it and then just immediately be out of it so i don't know what what it was or is that pulls me immediately out of deep sleep when i get into it mm-hmm. but it's really important like it's between your brain you know regenerates and restores things and thought if you don't get enough it can be a big alzheimer's risk um not to mention just your day-to-day you know how you're doing and your health so i mean so many things so it, it is important uh you just have to obviously deal with data the right way, which is a topic we've discussed several times. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm back in it, and the past two nights in a row, I got over an hour of deep sleep. Well, I got an hour and two minutes, hey. and, then I, and then I got an hour and 15 minutes, which is, is unheard of territory for me. Uh, and guess what the wacky trick is that made it happen? You wear it on a different finger. No. It's not a not a hack like that. It's just okay. it's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what is it? I uh, it's lowering the temperature of the room and the bed that I sleep in. So I am perpetually cold. It's just something that I am. Uh-huh. And uh, Aaron has my wife has gotten me gifts over the years that make me warmer, like uh, a blanket with a battery in it, which actually we're returning because it's not that good. But uh, a bed heater thing that, that this this pad that goes on our mattress and i turn it on at night and it gets hot and it makes me very happy and warm and good um and we you know put the heat all these all these things we do to make me warm at night mm-hmm. um well i've stopped doing that and i started I immediately slept got more deep sleep because they say between 60 and 67 degrees fahrenheit is the temperature your room should be uh when you're sleeping and i think that assumes you have some amount of covers on you but that's pretty cold and i don't ever if, if it's that yeah, 60 cold, degrees is i feel like it's very cold 60 would be really cold yeah so I, I haven't tried down there but i've been putting the heat recently at like 67 opening the window a little bit um but i i realized like i can't fall asleep when i'm cold i just i just am so uncomfortable and i think i am sort of in a in a fight or flight thing like i'm ready to die because i'm so cold and i can't <laughs> get to sleep but i've realized and, and i found there's some products that help with this too but i i can i can like preheat my uh my bed thing that's one of the things i can do is preheat and then um, I can turn it off as soon as I get in or as soon as I'm actually ready to go to sleep so that it stays warm and I, that will help mm. me fall asleep. But then the temperature drops overnight, which is exactly what's supposed to happen, apparently, to your body temperature as you sleep. You it, Like in the middle of the night when you're in supposedly your best period for deep sleep, your body temperature should be the lowest. And then as the sun comes up, you know, in a sort of a natural environment, your body would be warming up and that would actually serve to help wake you up. So... Being colder is associated with deeper sleep. Being warmer is associated with waking up. Um, hmm. Yeah, and so I found there's some there's some really interesting products, fairly expensive products out there. Uh, one's it's called Chili, and one's called Uller or something. Tim Ferriss apparently has talked about them. Uh, but it's like water tubes that, that are your mattress pad instead of electric, which I like because mine I don't love sleeping on electricity all the time. Um, but you can you can like get an app with it and, and you can set the temperature of this water heating cooling method to go to different temperatures over the night, uh, hmm. so that you can sort of have the best of everything. So I kind of really want that now, but I don't really want to spend the money for it. Um, so if you're listening, Chili or whoever your name is, <laughs> yeah, anyone of <laughs> sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Maybe I should have prepared by knowing the name of the company, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, that, no, that's good because now you're open up for all the companies. Yeah, right. So any competitors who don't like the company, mm-hmm. also feel free to get in touch. So that's, I, I love the, uh, you know, I've heard that you're supposed to sleep at a slightly cooler temperature. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that makes sense to me. I, I It makes way more sense uh, with the context of getting colder throughout the night and then as it, warmer, as it gets warmer, you wake up. Right. You know, just kind of like the natural rhythm of the earth. Yeah. Yep. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a really good bit of knowledge that I'm just happy to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, the interesting part about it for me is that it seems like an uncomfortable temperature. And it, and it doesn't seem like sleeping in an uncomfortable... It seems like you'd sleep well when you're super comfortable. And for me, that's really warm. Uh, but my, my preliminary results seem to say otherwise. They seem to say that the scientists are right. But ironically, when we got on this call, you said you were tired this morning. Yes. I had a very bad sleep last night. And I only got 32 minutes of deep sleep. Oh, okay. Uh, so my temperature idea did not work. But I think there were some confounding factors. I was, in the, I was driving until 11 p.m. last night. Uh, I drove five hours last night to Charlotte and back. So it was... A, I don't know. There, there are still some, just some lifestyle choices that are that are not going to allow for perfect sleep every night. Sure, but wow. anyway, I'll well, that's in, cool. I'll that's uh, uh, that's fantastic news, man. I, I hope you continue <laughs> to update us. Um, I will. And you know, do do you have any safeguards in place in case, like, you know, you start dropping back into thirty <laughs> minutes <laughs> no. regularly, not to not to obsess over the numbers? No, that's a good idea. I should have those safeguards in place. I should, I should. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I would do, but it'd be funny if I devised some sort of thing that panic button situation where I could get myself. <laughs> Is out it of one that. of those things where you like it? The data kind of compounds on each itself, and it like gives you more interesting readouts over the course of like a week. Or like, could you wear it just once a week just to kind of check in and see how you're doing? You know, I don't know that much about it. I think it's the latter. I think you really can just do that I, I think i mean certainly the aura app now comes with many more features besides your just your sleep it tracks your activity and all this other stuff um and i think if you're doing all that it probably puts it all together into a nice readiness score in the morning but right now i just use it for i just put it on at night and it gives me my sleep score and then a resulting readiness score so i imagine that would work the same i don't know mm-hmm. i don't see i don't care about what, what they say my readiness score is i care about how much deep sleep i'm getting each night mm-hmm. uh so I, I don't think that would change if i do it a lot or do it a little that's a good idea do it once a week yeah then you don't obsess about it every day can't though it's so fun to wake up and get that hit and see <laughs> see what the score is <laughs> Just... i uh <laughs> i i started wearing an apple watch uh-huh which um which i got secondhand like someone gave it to me and um and i never really used it it's kind of an older model i never really used it because i just didn't like having that technology on my wrist all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but for some reason I, I decided to start using it and now I'm, now I'm using it every day. And uh, the activity tracker that's like built in mm-hmm. that, you know, like you fill up your rings, you know, if you stand for so many hours, it, you know, you kind of hit something. If you move right. so many right. hours, you hit something. And there's like three things, three or four things that's tracking. Okay. And, uh, I actually have no idea what they're set at. I have no idea like what, um, you know, how much activity I'm actually doing. Right. But the every day I get like, I do more than it, it probably your average person, I guess. So it like kind of, I, I hit, I hit the activity just about every day or right. I, it has been every day. I've been wearing it for about three weeks and uh, I'm on a, every day is a, extending my longest streak. Oh, man. And it's, it's like, I can't, I can't not extend the streak now that <laughs> right. it's been like perfect for three weeks. You know, I'm just like obsessed over not making sure I hit all the, yeah. uh, 
I mean, that's kind of good, right? That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it like every week it resets and gets a little bit harder. So yeah, I was gonna ask you that because it knows uh, you're you're achieving it, so you're it's yeah. pushing you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that why you've why you've been at the standing desk now? <laughs> that is part of it. I got a standing desk um, maybe like three months ago or something. Three, okay, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has like honestly, it's been life changing for me. Like, really? I, I, like it's not an exaggeration. It's really um, because what you feel more energetic. Yeah, it, I feel more energetic. And, but more than that, I just I used to end the day um, just feeling really tight and like tense in my shoulders and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. just like really uncomfortable. And so I'd go in and I'd have to go for a run or do some yoga or do something to loosen up or I would just be like the rest of the night, I would just be antsy and uncomfortable. Mm. And this uh, has totally changed that. And, wow. Um, I really, I mean, I can't speak highly enough about standing most of the day. I'm sitting for about an hour a day, and that's about it. Wow. It's uh, It's been totally, total game changer for me. Is it a like a Veridesk type thing where you can put it up and down easily? It is not a Veridesk. It's a, uh, shoot, one of the bamboo top ones that's popular. Um, I haven't seen those uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it goes up and down with a, a button. The whole desk moves. Unlike uh-huh. yours is like a desk topper. Yeah. Um, right. Mine, uh, is, um, is, yeah, yeah it kind of goes up and down. A fully, mm-hmm. a fully. Okay. The That's, fully and, Jarvis. So did you, did you just immediately go to full time standing or did you, did you do the up and down bit a lot? I started doing up and down for sure. Mm-hmm. And then kind of gradually, uh, started doing spending more time up I, I followed your um your lead of leaving it up at night at the end of the day yeah at the end of the day making mm-hmm. sure that it's up so first thing in the morning i see it up and then usually i'll go all morning and not even realize that i've been standing up all morning and then uh-huh. I, i'll sit down to eat typically um, oh that's very good and then kind of move it up yeah i mean i really i, I can't speak highly enough about it it's been hmm. a total game changer for me good for you all right well that was a long intro. We weren't planning on doing a long intro, but <laughs> no. we'll get to our topic, um, which is about health. I think, I mean, this is maybe maybe because it's the new year. Maybe we're both, maybe we both felt the 2020, uh, whatever, I don't know, crunch or health uh, health lapse a little bit, and both back into But I feel like I'm, I'm so much more motivated this year, and it's a month in now. Um, I've actually been thinking about healthy things, sleep, diet, exercise, um, you know, I just have found, I don't know, hundreds of times I've Googled answers to sleep questions or muscle versus fasting questions because these are all things I'm kind of exploring. Kettlebell stuff. I just have thought about this stuff. And it's interesting because, I mean, that may sound like no surprise to someone who doesn't know us that well. Um, but I, I don't know, for the past like three or four years, I have not really been that motivated with it. I kind of reached this point probably. I don't know, after, probably after my 100 miler or so, which was back in 2013 now, so that was eight years ago, um, where I just, I didn't have that much motivation for this stuff. I felt like I had done plenty of nutrition reading, done plenty of training now, got myself into shape enough to do an ultra marathon like that. Um, and, and there was no, like, nothing was calling me saying like, hey, this is so exciting. This is interesting. I got to learn more. It just felt like I had figured out things enough and I could kind of coast. Um, and so I did, and it was fine, and I explored lots of different activities and passions and things, which is wonderful. Um, but I've really enjoyed being back into health, and, and I've gotten there, like, a, I 
told you before earlier uh, that when I turned 40, I just sort of started thinking about healthy changes and I'd like to be a little bit because I think my health had slid a little bit like to me it was obvious that it had I just knew my activity had slid um and my diet if I was truly honest about it had had gotten worse we on this podcast had talked sometime probably early in 2020 I talked about all the cooking I was doing and Mm -hmm. I, I asked this question of like if I'm making all these old like very traditional recipes that that don't use weird ingredients but they still use plenty of like white flour or even whole wheat flour uh but still plenty of like flour uh, lots of bread, lots of pasta, and plenty of oil. Like if I'm if I'm making these things and I'm they're with real ingredients and I'm making them with love, like for me and my family, and then not, it's not I don't know, it's just the opposite of like processed food. Is that in some way still healthy? And can I kind of get by eating that way and being really into food and cooking? Um, and so I, I definitely went down that road a lot and got into you know we said like some of these deep fried different things, which wasn't that much, but it started to add up. And I think, you know, I started, like, we, we, we talked about, the, we still talk about vegan meat all the time. Um, but, like, I, I felt like I was so healthy because I had now been vegan, like, 10 years. I think I have, I think I have now been vegan 10 years or almost. Um, that I just started to feel like, you know, I eat so much good food that I really can't do anything to screw this up. Mm-hmm. So no matter how many times in a, in a certain week or two when I just happened to be driving a lot for soccer and we get Taco Bell and Impossible Whoppers, uh, you know, a couple or three times in a week or whatever, which would, I would never eat three Impossible Whoppers in a week for the record. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I might have one and then a Taco Bell trip and then something else at home that I made that's pretty indulgent. Who knows? Uh-huh. Um, and like, you know, the vegan cheeses and the um, Beyond sausages that I was putting in like old traditional recipes that call for sausage. But I got to the point where I wasn't really even thinking twice about the health implications of it i was just thinking you know i'm vegan i'm healthy if i put this sausage in this meal it's fine uh my, my body's not gonna know the difference because in, in a week i will have you know worked that out and and just it'll be going it'll be as if it didn't happen mm-hmm. um but that stuff all has coconut oil in it which is not not recommended for heart people heart heart disease risk people um which is what i want to talk about today so i my mom pushed me to get heart numbers done because she's had some some big heart scares in the past few years which have driven her to be completely plant-based which is awesome and she's eats so much healthier than i do um so anyway i went in for this thing i I even said to her like i just can't imagine my numbers being bad i've been vegan now for 10 years uh done a ton of exercise during that period even if not so much recently uh it's you know i just can't imagine getting i don't see how it would be physiologically possible for my body to produce a lot of cholesterol and have inflammation well my numbers came back and they they were not very good um, they were definitely worse than I hadn't gotten checked that that recently or that often, but I had I compared them. I actually had an inside tracker um, report because I can't find any of my old doctor's ones. I have no idea where those are. But I had done an inside tracker thing in like 2015 or 2016 or something, and I went and looked at that one. Uh, and my numbers in in almost all cases were worse than those. Not not by a ton, but but a decent amount. And I would have thought that more years being vegan would mean I'd be hmm. even healthier than I was then. Um, so they're worse than that. Several of them were in the in like the beyond where you want to be zone, um, mm. and and particularly for someone like me who has a family history of heart disease. Both both sides of the family for me um, have lots and lots of heart attacks on them. So it is like it's always been the the thing that we need to watch out for. My family. When I was a kid, we had we had things where like there was this time when we stopped eating coconut oil and we stopped eating hot dogs, which is back when we were not I wasn't vegan or vegetarian or anything. But like you know, my family went on heart health kicks when I was a kid. Um, so it's always been this thing in the background, but I kind of thought, 
and I, I wouldn't say I consciously would have said this, but maybe I, I kind of did say that to my mom. Um, I, I kind of felt like being vegan for this long and, this, and not a junk food vegan. Like I was, you know, usually make the healthy choices and still eat a salad almost every day and a smoothie almost every day. Like I eat a lot of healthy food. Uh, I kind of thought that made me immune to this heart disease problem. Uh, and so this, this was kind of a wake up call for me, uh, that it, that it appears not to, um, just to give you an example, I don't want to get into all the boring numbers because they are boring. But like, I had plenty of good, my triglycerides, my total cholesterol, HDL. These things are fine. Uh, but my LDL was one twenty-eight when it should be under a hundred. Okay. Um, and then scarier still is um, well, there's this non-HDL cholesterol which is one fifty-three when it should be under one thirty. And these, you know, these are in the red zone, not the green zone. So that's not good. Not um, even the yellow zone. I don't think I don't think this certain app has a yellow zone. They just it's okay. all or nothing. You're great or you're you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the scary one, and actually this one I don't like, is lipoprotein A, lipoprotein little a, uh, which is like one of these newer measures that people only recently have paid more attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to do with like nanoparticle um, cholesterol wrapped in some kind of protein. I don't fully understand it. I haven't yet gone to the level of like diving into these numbers, and like really trying to understand them um partly because i know how i am and if i do that it will I, it'll just it'll do what it will, the aura ring does and i know I'll, <laughs> I'll get too much stress from this uh, <laughs> you'll be taking blood tests every week like <laughs> I, really exactly so what i'm what i'm doing first is like this massive health sweep and and of course trying to make sure that i make things sustainable and habits i don't want to just like overnight change everything because it's not not going to last um but i'm figuring i'm, I'm going to make all these changes and then after two months or so go back and just see what impact that has had uh and if if some of these things won't move or you know these aren't successful you know then i'll i'll look a little bit more about them and and see what to do but anyway this lipoprotein little a number um mine's fairly high it's not horribly high thank god but but that's one that like your genetics sort of determine what it's going to be and your life lifestyle changes like basically don't affect it no matter how much exercise how much Hmm. how well you eat you're you just are going to have this high number or low number depending on genetics uh you can change it a little bit with cholesterol medications and things but uh really the only thing you can do is make sure your other numbers are good and and hope that in the presence of nothing else bad this can't really do any damage um so basically you're you're kind of starting with a handicap and so if your other numbers are bad then yeah exactly you don't have much you don't have much leeway to to make uh-huh. a mistake and i think this so if, if you have an elevated number you have like of this lipoprotein little a you have automatically like three to four times the risk of a heart incident than someone who doesn't have a, a bad number here uh so it, you know it's something to to just it really it's, it's a good motivator to get the other numbers right because uh, yeah. that's kind of all you can do so anyway um that that was not that fun to read that like i I don't know. Like I talk to you all the time about trying to live forever and live 500 years and whatever. And I, I always have thought, well, I'm vegan. I'm doing everything I can there. Uh, so then I'll leave it up to science to do the rest. But you know, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not out of the risk zone for having a heart attack when I'm 60. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. So. So. So is this the case against the vegan diet? I mean, should we just give up? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, what I want to do is is eat a lot healthier uh, i want to eat just i mean like like i kind of made reference to uh i think i eat way too much breads and pastas like that i i really like cooking pasta and making different pastas some of them homemade and like i said when i make them homemade it feels like this is can't be unhealthy uh but 
you know, it's it's just a lot of flour. So I've realized, and and if I I've read uh, this guy named Walter Longo, he has a book called The Longevity Diet, and he's from Italy, this town in Calabria, which is like a longevity zone as well. Not not technically a blue zone, but um, but definitely known for for long life. And he has lots of recipes that are they are pasta dishes, but I think I think the way it's pasta dishes are often meant to be is like a ton of beans and vegetables, and then maybe just a, a half cup of pasta that is mm. thrown into this thing. Um, or like a, like a minestrone soup where like there's some pasta floating in it, but it's, that's not, you wouldn't call it a pasta dish. It's just there to sort of enhance it. Uh, so like that's, that's one of the big changes I want to make. It's just like not, not make so many pasta dishes and instead put pasta into some bean and vegetable dishes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just really, I want to make my plant-based diet, my vegan diet healthier than it is. Um, because I just sort of, you know, just let it slide a little bit And, and like cutting out the, the, the coconut oil things that that's a huge one i just i i feel i probably twice three times a week i was putting that stuff into food and thinking this is okay it's just a little bit here and there uh but i think just i think just cutting that out is gonna is gonna help a lot okay so that's what i was gonna ask is is i mean it can't be just pasta that is giving you heart problems so like if you're looking at your day Mm -hmm. um and how you eat you know typically because you know i mean i i think you still i mean i don't know it's been a long time since we've seen each other um, before COVID, but, you know, but, you know, I think of you as being a, a healthy, for the most part, eater, uh, you know, your default is the healthy thing, a smoothie in the morning, having salads, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I don't eat like, pastry. I don't eat any pastries or sweets. I just don't like it. It's not like I, I've made mm-hmm. some heroic effort not to. I just don't, don't eat those things. Uh, yeah. Most of my food is really healthy. So that's why this is a little puzzling to me. And that's why I'm kind of optimistic that simply cutting out the coconut oil refined I can never find, but the processed vegan foods that have mm-hmm. coconut oil in them, like it, it maybe that's all I need to do. Uh, and I'm making a bunch of changes. So if that is truly the only lever that is needed, I won't really know that because I'm changing a lot of things. Uh, but the changes I'm making are, are ones that I am happy about. So like exercising more is also really that's that's I I don't really think of exercise as a as a heart health thing. I guess at, at how can I put this? I guess because I am reasonably physically fit I, I go out and play soccer a couple times a month I, I wish it was weekly but i just tend i just don't make every game um but like i can go out sprint around for an hour and a half and and be fine so like my thinking and this is not this is not the right way to think but i was thinking okay i can do that you know how could i possibly be in in trouble for heart problems like this my cardiovascular health is good uh, according to how how much i can just go out and do some exercise not that i can go out and run a marathon but i don't have a problem you know, running a few miles, that wouldn't be any, any major tax on me to go do. Uh, I don't put on a lot of body fat. Right? So like all these indicators to me were saying, you know, you're, you're pretty healthy still. Um, but it turns out one of the, when I, so when I got these bad numbers, I started thinking, okay, well, what, what can I actually do here? And I Googled very basic questions. Like how do you lower your cholesterol? Uh, and exercise is a big one. And, hmm. and that's something that even though, like I said, I had managed to stay in shape by just doing a little bit of exercise every now and then, um, you know, I, I definitely hadn't exercised routinely for, for years. Like I hadn't really done like, you know, five days a week, any strength training. Uh, so that, that's another one, like just be deliberate about that. And I think I've mentioned kettlebells on here. Uh, that's something I've been really great at this year so far. And I love, it's been awesome. Um, and then doing walks and I'm trying, I'm trying to balance all this with these blue zones ideas. Like I, I don't want to have to go to the gym for 45 minutes, four times a week. Because I'm just, it just doesn't motivate me right now. Uh, 
I want to find things that that are fun. And, and I like the idea of doing the kettlebells at home. I like the idea of walking on hills instead of running because I can also walk my dog and I can also listen to something that's important or, or fulfilling, I should say. Um, so anyway, trying to balance all this stuff. I have one little uh, hang-up that I don't know what to do with, which is that Longo in this longevity book, and he's, he's a longevity researcher. Um, he, he comes from a background where he grew up eating this Mediterranean diet, but he... Uh, he recommends eating at least three tablespoons of olive oil per day, which is, I, I, and I just can't, there, there is no consensus on olive oil. Uh, right. I, I just can't tell if it's good or bad. It's like, he talks about it as if, like, if you're, especially if you're a heart patient, and I hope I'm not misquoting here, it's, you should read the book if you're really going to take any of this advice. Um, it, it's sort of like, you know, if you have heart things, like definitely avoid the coconut oil because although it has some good benefits, the saturated fat, the medium chain triglycerides, although it has some benefits for brain health potentially, uh, you know the American Heart Association I think doesn't doesn't recommend it. And like he says, so don't don't eat that. But consider, you know, make sure you add enough quality olive oil to your diet, like as if it's a protective thing for heart health, <laughs> which is like the exact opposite of what you hear from the vegan docs who say like this is you know inflames your endothelial right. cells and and impairs arterial function and all this stuff. And I just don't understand how one food can can have such polar opposite, you know, results in the science about it. Uh, so I don't know what to do with that. I kind of want to try eating more of it, but again, that's one of these variables that I don't want to screw up. So I think what is I'm going to do is, is it one of those that like, like when you cook it, it, you know, kind of would convert it from being good to being bad or yeah, something. Yeah, I think that's true of all the oils. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're cooking at a fairly low temperature, you can you can prevent much damage and especially if you're not reusing it like that's what's really bad is reusing deep frying oil mm. uh where you're just constantly heating it um that's not good but yeah so i'm sure olive oil is healthier when you just pour it on a salad than when you cook it uh but i have he didn't mention that distinction and and most of the research doesn't mention that distinction so uh i don't know but you know that that, that is a possible explanation for why different studies get different results so anyway um it's it's interesting to me i don't know what quite to do with it i think what i'll probably do is just keep having my current level of olive oil and if my if my numbers don't respond with all these other changes then i would try uh you know the next month really reducing or eliminating olive oil entirely and then seeing what happens and kind of just going off my own numbers mm-hmm. um one more thing here doug that i've been doing well hold on before you yep. before you jump into that let's okay. uh i think we're at a good point now to I like it. pause the voice of reason always brings me back and, always reminds and me thank of... our sponsor yeah you know That's you gotta right. Right. Gotta bring it back. Gotta rein me in. <laughs> this episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by our very own Doug, new and improved complement protein. A few years ago, I was unable to find a protein powder that was clean enough to match my healthy diet, my family's healthy diet. Uh, but I wanted one. I wanted one not so much for me, but for my kids especially. And I realized after reading Longo's book that as you get older, especially when you get over age 60, 65, um, a plant-based diet may not give quite enough protein, and so might not you know a typical Mediterranean diet. So like you, you want to add some protein as you get older. Uh, I'm not there yet. But uh, the result of all this was this clean five-ingredient formula made with real foods. Uh, today, I'm very happy to share the formula that it just got an upgrade, swapping out the watermelon seeds with vitamin and mineral-rich sunflower seeds. Our protein checks all the boxes. No additives, fillers, sweeteners, or natural flavors. No secret ingredients hiding behind a special blend. We just tell you exactly what what the proteins are that are in it. A flavorless taste for mixing, blending, or baking into other real food, which is probably my favorite part of the whole thing, that it doesn't taste like terrible, disgusting, you know, fake sugar. 
just tastes like the whatever whatever the smoothie you're putting in or whatever the the brownies or energy bars you're baking it into. Uh, ingredient ratios printed right on the bag and third party testing for purity and potency. I my family takes common protein just about every day in our smoothies and um you know I, I, it's unclear to me if this is just uh something i should be worrying about or if it's just in my head but in kind of a comfort thing but um you, knowing that my daughter is getting a bit more protein in the morning to kind of kick off her morning um just feels really good to me so and w- you know without the sugar without all the nastiness that comes in most protein so i'm um, we're just thrilled as a family to have this option and uh, it's great yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, you definitely—it's something about your kids' health versus your own. Like I can—I don't mind making a mistake with my own health, but for my kids, mm-hmm. uh, especially with my kids being so into sports, I can't imagine them reaching, you know, age fifteen or sixteen, and then and suddenly the verdict is, oh, they didn't get enough protein when they were little. You were <laughs> wrong all along. Uh, so I know what you mean with the uh, with the little bit of, of reassurance that you get from from having them have something in a smoothie. Get your first bag at lovecompliment.com. That's compliment with an E, by the way. Lovecompliment.com and use the code no meat for ten percent off at checkout. That's lovecompliment.com, E instead of I, and use code no meat for ten dollars off your first order. Yeah, it's ten dollars, not ten percent. That's a typo in my end. <laughs> <laughs> so it's even better actually. Good. All right, this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is also brought to you by Bioptimizers and their P three OM probiotic. Matt as you know, people love to ask us about gas on the vegan diet, right? It's like one of those common questions. Like, you know, switch to a vegan diet, now I have all this gas. Yep. Bad gas can be a sign of undigested food fermenting in your gut. P3OM is a patented probiotic that eats up, sh- eats up ec- excess sugar, eliminates bad bacteria, and protects your gut from inflammation and viruses. So you have less gas and a stronger immune system. P3OM also improves digestion, speeds up metabolism, and increases energy throughout the day. What makes P3OM different from other probiotics is that it can survive the gastrointestinal tract, and it goes through your whole body to support both your gut and your entire immune system. Here's some more good news. You can get 10% off P3OM right now by going to bioptimizers.com slash no meat. And if it's not what you're looking for, their support team will give you all your money back, no questions asked. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash no meat to get 10% off at checkout with code no meat. Doug, if you could have less gas or a stronger immune system, which would you choose? What if you had to pick just one of those? Ooh. Which would I choose or which my, would my wife choose? <laughs> <laughs> which would you choose for your wife? <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. All right, so you said you were saying you had one more thing, and then I kind of want to tie this into something else, uh, just briefly, because you know, hearing you talk about um, where you are with, uh, you know, with your nutrition when your diet, kind of made me think of something else. So, yeah. but why don't you why don't oh, you finish up with your okay, your we'll one last thing? I do like when you tie things back. It's like a yin and yang kind of thing. It's like I always <laughs> doing one thing, you're always heads in a different place. Uh huh. Somehow they always they always come back. It's good. So it, it's what two hundred and forty nine episodes Perhaps. of No Meat Athlete Radio, or three hundred and forty nine episodes will will do mm. for you. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So here's my big one. This is only big because it's uh probably the biggest change, and not something I've ever really considered doing before for long term. Uh, we've talked about a lot about intermittent fasting, right? Yep. A decent amount, and to me that has meant pretty much only you know eat within a, a time restricted in a time restricted fashion so like in mm-hmm. a in a small window in the day meaning maybe you don't eat between uh the end of your dinner at 7 p.m and the beginning of uh, late breakfast at 11 a.m or 10 a.m and in that way you get uh 
whatever that is, a 16-hour fast window or something like that, or 16-hour window where you're not eating and then an eight-hour window where you are. Um, that's that's very popular recently, has a lot of benefits, and it's pretty easy to do. Like That's really not a very – I mean, that window may be not that easy for everybody, but uh, I find it pretty easy to, to delay breakfast, you know, and, and I don't eat late, so it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I looked at uh, – Inside Tracker, when I was just looking at my old numbers, and I was looking at the cholesterol reports I had back then, which weren't great. Some of them still weren't, you know, and I knew I've never had great numbers there. Um, one of their recommendations for what to do to lower it, to lower the LDL, uh, was try alternate day fasting, which I don't, you know, these things have, have sort of fuzzy definitions, um, <clears throat> whether fasting means you don't eat anything or whether it means you just eat a under a certain amount of calories mm-hmm. so i looked up alternate day fasting and i was like i don't i don't think i can do that that seems too much i just i like food too much i've tried fasting before i get i get really upset that i'm not going to have a glass of wine at the end of the day or <laughs> coffee in the morning or you know i talked about making this food and like that's kind of a hobby making good food i i really don't like when i can't have something good at the end of the day um so i was like i can't really do that but I found this thing called 5-2 fasting, which we've heard of before. Pamela Ferguson has written about it on our site before yep. uh, in a very good post about intermittent fasting. Um, but it's where you go five days of the week you eat normally, whatever that is. You don't overeat, but you eat your, kind of your normal way. Uh, two days a week you eat under some threshold of calories, whatever. That, that depends on the method. But there's some some guy who has had kind of made this 5-2 diet. It wrote a book about it. And his new recommendation is... 800 calories per day. The old one was 500 or 600. Yeah, uh, which I is it was pretty, pretty small. Yeah, yeah okay. it was. 800. The new is now 800. Yeah, and so with 800, I can I can pretty comfortably, you know, be satiated with good foods. Like, a, and I, I worked out exactly what I can get, but like a salad with a teaspoon and a half of of oil in the dressing, um, two pieces of or two ounces of sourdough bread that my wife makes, which is wonderful. Uh, even a little glass of wine, uh, banana, you know, a couple other things. So I can get that 800 calories in a fairly comfortable fashion. It's still not that easy because I've done it one day this week already. And like, I don't know, around 4 p.m. I was I was not uh, not that fun to be around, I don't Are think. Are you restricting it to a single meal, basically? No, I'm just trying to have like snacks kind of, like a like a banana for lunch and then mm-hmm. a little uh, little granola bar thing for, for afternoon. So, you know, it, it's basically one big meal. But you can do it however you want. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't, I don't think it really matters. I'm sure there are differences, but it's not specified. Um, so anyway... That I think is really cool. I've only just started. I did literally one day, and I'm only trying to do one day right now, just to get in the in the habit of doing this with the soccer schedule, where you know most nights either my wife or me is away uh, with our son. Uh, it's pretty easy because we a lot of our dinners are like just throw something together. Not it's not a whole family cooking thing, and it's not like I'm gonna be you know drooling over the food that they're eating because uh, there's it's it's easy to find two nights a week where mm-hmm. there's not much going on. So um, I've started that and. Oh, like I said, just begun once a week right now, but I'm pretty curious about that and interesting uh, or interested in it. Uh, and and I also think like it's it's kind of fun because I said I put on some fat in the quarantine time. Uh, I actually bought body fat calipers, Doug, the old old fashioned pinchers. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> so I have a scale that does that, but I realized that, that it, it is a total. I mean, it's it had good reviews, but it I it, the body fat number. I think it just applies a formula to your weight and then spits out a body fat like it supposedly is sending an electrical current through your through your legs but it it never varies if my weight goes up two pounds the body fat goes up exactly the certain amount Uh, (laughs) so i can see the weight number and i can predict what i can predict what the body fat's going to be so 
it's 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 useless and it took me a long time to real, realize this uh but anyway so i got these calibers and just because that's a little bit like i'm not gonna do the blood testing every week i don't want to go crazy with that but i figured if i'm doing this this 5-2 fasting thing it'd be really nice to see the short term you know perhaps the biggest single noticeable gain of a fasting diet like this is you lose body fat uh it's kind of hard not to because your body's you know you're eating so much fewer calories on a couple days um so i've got that to think you know because that if i can if i can measure results happening in that way i think that will really help encourage me to do this this thing which is not seeming all that easy uh so anyway i'm, I'm super excited about that i don't have anything to report about how it's going uh but i'm sure in the future we will because um, i think it's, it's i've never done anything like this so it's, it's interesting cool that's uh I, I so i like that a lot i think um I'm, I'm excited to hear how the fasting going fasting goes i'm excited to hear if you use your body fat <laughs> your tools uh either like obsessively or um or never never at all i have a feeling it's gonna be one of one of the two um so far they get like they're used the kids take them and pick up underwear and stuff (laughs) 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 that's hilarious um intermittent fasting has been one of those things that we talked about for we've talked about several times on the podcast and it took me a couple tries but uh has pretty much stuck with me now i'm I'm, it's i'm not uh drastic with it at all but um, I pretty much do 14 hours, 10, 14, which is mm-hmm. kind of the like low end of what they recommend, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it just feels really natural to me to do that. And it, I feel good about it. And uh, it's just given kind of one of those things that stuck for a long time. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, it just, I, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I think I really think when I have tried to do that, and I actually have tried to do that a little bit, uh, I find it really easy. Like it just, it, it's not, not that easy to do at first, but like it, it really does become your, your natural routine fairly easy. Yeah. Once you, once you get going with it, it's yep. really not a, not a big deal. Yep. Um, but the alternate day or not alternate day, but the five, two, um, that would definitely be harder for me. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. it's a sacrifice, but my hope is like that it'll allow me to lose fat on those days like kind of immediately because if you're if you're down three thousand calories or twenty five hundred, you know your your body it's coming from somewhere and and a lot of it's fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping I can do that and still manage to build muscle uh, with this kettlebell training and eating a lot on the other days, which is sort of the holy grail for me in the place that I have always thought it was impossible to get to where you're building muscle, losing fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't say I wouldn't say I expect to get there, but uh, that is something I'll be paying attention to and reporting on. So I'll let you know, Doug. I want to hear your uh, yeah. Your let me tie it. Let me tie it back in here. Tie it back. <laughs> So when I was listening to you talking about, um, you know, kind of feeling confident that your vegan diet was enough and uh, exploring or, or I don't know, feeling like, um, you know, you're doing you're you're cooking all these meals, you're putting a lot of love into it. That must be enough. I'm, I must be good. What it reminded me of was um, when you get really comfortable with your training, when you're, uh, you know, so I'm going to speak from a runner here, runner standpoint here, but you know, you're, you're still doing some long runs, you know, regularly on, or longer runs on the weekends, you're, you're running throughout the week, but you're just kind of getting into the a rhythm or a flow that every week pretty much looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, might might dabble here or do something there, but everything, every week pretty much looks the same and you're just kind of in this comfortable state and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, as a, you know, I don't think that's going to cause blood issues like uh, like what you're having. Right. You still um, exercise. It's, it's yeah. But, but if you're trying to progress, if you're trying to get better, mm-hmm. then you kind of hit this plateau. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, when you're comfortable. And so that's what it kind of reminded me of because I've been there many times with my training where I feel like I'm doing a lot of work because I'm still running pretty regularly, but I'm not getting any faster. I'm not really getting any stronger. Um, and I might actually be losing some strength in some ways because I'm not doing regular diversity within my workouts. And, um, and so what you've done now with your food, with your meals, of just kind of like taking an audit of what you've been doing, you know, finding four or five different areas that you're going to target mm-hmm. really aggressively. Um, you know, I think you could do the exact same thing with your training. You could, you know, take a step back, look at exactly what you've been doing, what's, uh, what's working, maybe what's not. Pick a couple of things, a couple of areas that you want to improve upon and really target those with your training. And my guess is that you would pretty quickly see some some big results. Yeah, I would think so. Um, when you say that, I mean, I'm thinking of when I've been there before. And I think and I think for a lot of runners, what, what that often looks like is what is known as junk mileage, where you're, you're doing the same run most days. Maybe not the same, you know, route, but but the same intensity. So, so as far as your heart and your, your body knows, you're kind of doing the same thing every day and you're running 30 or 40 minutes at this pace that isn't really enough to, to be so hard that it's a, a great workout and it's not easy enough to really be any kind of, uh, you know, recovery run and you're just kind of doing the same thing. Uh, so that, that's what that looks like to me. Is that kind of what you mean? I mean, you mentioned doing long runs too. Is that what you mean? Or do you mean like you're still doing the ups and downs of training the way it's kind of supposed to look, but yeah, you know, my guess, you know, what I'm thinking about is is really where I get into, where I fall a lot of times, if I'm not training for something longer, where, you know, I'm running three or four times during the week, maybe three times during the week, and then I have a longer run on the weekends of a couple hours, you know, nothing super long, nothing super hard, but, you know, just kind of going out a little bit longer because it's the weekend. Um, but basically, every week looks the exact same, you know, I might mm-hmm. be running the same amount of time every week. And not really running any specific workouts or doing anything um, that is this challenging or taxing my body more than the previous week did. Right. Right. So, Good. yeah, so, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. I think that there are some parallels there. I always like to bring it back to training. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's, I think that is accurate that, that you find a couple areas where you can fix it and mm-hmm. then probably some sort of way to measure whether you actually are fixing it. Uh, you know, a month or two in, and then and then you adapt. And, and if if what you change didn't actually make any make the changes you want, then you then you experiment with something else and you see if that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very similar. Did you know, by the way, Doug, that my wife Erin is doing a a uh, what I'm trying to think of the right adjective here that would that would mean in the style of Doug a Doug <laughs> a Dougian running streak effort. No, I did not know that. Yeah, but I'm thrilled to day, hear it. What? I think she's on day like 240 something. Whoa, way to go, Erin! That's great. Sometime in the in the spring, I think of of the lockdown period, uh-huh. and uh, and she actually so just two days ago she slipped on ice while she was running. Oh no! And fell, hit her head a little bit, hit her hips really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like yesterday, she kind of like went outside in the front of the house where you can safely run without ice, um, and like ran around in circles it was it was quite hard to watch uh <laughs> but she did it to preserve her running streak uh so she's very serious about it she's not not doing it again now so i'm hoping she she is a little does she have day. a target goal in mind or just kind of indefinitely i think i have a feeling a year is what she's looking at she hasn't specifically said that mm-hmm. uh, but i think that would that'd be a nice way, way to kind of 
put it put a stamp on it and close the book on the running streak. Uh, well, you can tell her that those runs when uh, those most miserable runs when uh-huh. when you, like for me they were after races like the day after a fifty mile or something, right? Um, or the one that stands out the most was uh, the morning after the first night of my bachelor party. <laughs> before and i had to get it in before the rest of the day started because you know i wasn't right. going to do it then right um like <laughs> those the most most miserable runs are the ones you remember or the ones that that uh leave the biggest impact on the streak interesting it sounds very similar but not the same as i've always had the sense that like the runs you really don't want to do not in a streak just normal training when it's raining out and you've had a bad day like those are the runs that you most need, and mm-hmm. and often even during the run itself, like turns into this amazing feeling, and you're like, yeah. wow, this is yeah. so good. It doesn't quite sound like that. I can't imagine <laughs> no, that no, it, really, it really didn't. I did not need that run, and I did not, and <laughs> and it didn't make me any better. But right, yeah. but you, but now you now you remember it. No, yeah, yeah I it definitely shows you how strong it. you were during that period. Yeah, so maybe I won't tell the story about that run, but <laughs> I also left a mark oh, no. all over Charlotte's oh, no. Okay. <laughs> It leaves a mark on the side of the road, too? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Well, then, yeah, don't tell us that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, good. Well, uh, this was a good episode, Matt. Thanks for sharing about uh, some of your, your health You're stuff. You're very welcome. I hope I have a positive news a month or two from now and uh, mm-hmm. can say how all the things that work and how I turned around my health. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Do it.